As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter. Shoots, what's up, dude? Uh, you know, we had our live show last week. It was a fucking pleasure. It was. It really was. We had a great time with our fans. Uh, that is behind us now. We do, obviously, love all of our fans. I went full into moving mode because I have to move next week. Oof. And fucking hell does that suck. <laughs> like, it is misery. It's, it's, I'm working still. Luckily, I can work from home, but I wake up. First thing on my mind is what goes in what box. Got to get all this shit out of one closet, whatever. Get into the bathroom, do all this shit. What am I going to use for the next week? It's brutal. It's a mind fuck through and through. And Colleen and I are just dealing with it, you know? Well, I would like to be the first to say thank you so much for not calling me to ask to help you. Move. Oh, I hate when people call. And you do have a truck. Which... I do have a truck, which lines me up frequently for people to yeah. ask for help with moving things. And I also, I, I like helping people. So I yeah. very rarely say no, but quite frequently I'm very agitated by it. it yeah, it, it's <laughs> terrible. And like we did it last year or two years ago when we had to move in. We had everybody help out, and it was a whole big family thing because it was the first time that we were living together. So it was, you know, a nice moment. But now we're both like, "Fuck it, we're paying for movers. We're making, we're not touching a thing, anything big. Pay someone to go take it out. Like we are not dealing with any of that. It's definitely the right way to go. You know, it's paying someone so that we can be a little lazier. But you know, it is what it is. Like public service announcement, honestly. Just pay movers to do it. Yeah. None of your friends want to sit around and eat cold pizza and drink warm beer as a thank you for moving all of your heavy shit. Yeah. So simply hire movers or start a GoFundMe and maybe your friend. I bet you your friends would rather donate to a GoFundMe for movers than actually move your shit. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And I also hate asking people to help. Like, you know, there's a couple of people that'll be like, oh, you guys are moving. Like, let me know if you need any help, like immediately. And they mean it. Other people say it because they want to be friendly, and at the end of the day, I'm one of those person, one of those people that says, "Yeah, I'll help you move," and then dread that phone call. So, I, no way. And you picked the worst time to move because it's gonna be like five degrees this weekend. So, bravo, well done. Well, and Christmas. Luckily, I'm not moving this weekend. I'm moving next weekend. So it's oh, okay. New Year's, and I don't give a shit about New Year's anymore. If there was like a party or something going on, and you know, I want to find out what people think about this. When you're like 21, 22, you're like, fuck yeah, New Year's, we're going out, open bar at this place. By the time you turn like 24, 25, you're like, it takes 45 minutes to get a drink. It's crowded. It's cold as shit outside. It's hot as shit in here. There's no escape from any like extreme element one way or another. It's miserable. So somebody better have a party. And if there's no party lined up, fuck it. I'll stay home. 24, 25, you think is the cutoff? Yeah, I think. Well, at least it was for me. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I think that it goes a little bit later than that. I don't like being at bars for New Year's or, or any big event. for mm -hmm. that. I'm much more of a dive bar kind of guy anyway. Yeah. I want to be like, you know, some people there, some energy, but I don't need it to be too loud where I can't hear anything. And I've been like that since like 18 and I had a fake idea and we'd go to bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good point. But yeah, I guess it picks back up. I think when you're in your 30s, you're like, all right, maybe some time away from the kids with my friends. It's a party or you host a party. Way different because there's people there that you know and like. It's when you go to the bars and you're like, I fucking hate this person. I don't even know this person, but I hate you. Whatever. So 
not a big deal. Hopefully, it's not as cold next week, but you know, we'll find out. We're going to brave the elements. With all that being said, um, before we get into the Bravo news and our Rose and Thorn, we have some major news of our own. Um, we've been in talks for the past couple of weeks with Cloud10, uh, which is a partner of iHeartRadio, and we are proud to announce that we are now members of Cloud10 Media and iHeartRadio. And we're going to be bringing you this podcast via them. And we're so fucking stoked. Yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. And we've been like been pretty picky. You know, like obviously we enjoy doing this, but we knew that eventually we'd have to monetize and get on that train. And we wanted to make sure that we had the right fit. We don't want to just, you know, sell our souls to some corporate demon and make a quick buck and then piss everybody off that listens to us. So we want to make sure that it works, and it does. And we vetted everything. They vetted us. Surprisingly, we came up clean. I know. Everything's all right on our end. <laughs> Woohoo for us. They don't but, know uh, we're total morons. Exactly. Well, yeah, they'll learn, as everybody else well, does. Well, fuck that. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, we're, we're super excited because now we can do this long term, and we are fully committed to bringing you all of the Bravo takes that we have in our noggins. Yeah, and this unlocks a lot more episodes for you. It allows us to do way more content-wise. This will more than likely lead to a two-episode-a-week schedule and not just a bonus episode, but like actually two legit episodes per week. Now that does come with some ads. We will be reading some ads in the future, not this episode. And look, again... This is a way for us to continue to bring you guys what you want, for us to give you more of what you want, and that's our goal. Our goal is you guys. It always has been, always will be. You're the ones that got us here, and we will never forget you, and you always come first. So Hell yeah. Anyway, like I said, we're super pumped, but let's move on. We got a Rosenthorn. We got a communal Rosenthorn this week because we had, uh, obviously, a major moment last week, something really cool uh, with the live show. So I think that's probably the communal rose, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a blast and interacting with everybody. Now, obviously, we, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty towards the end, <laughs> yeah. and we are very thankful that everybody sat through that. We love you for that, and we couldn't be happier with the support that we were getting in the comment section while we were dealing with that because everybody was saying they would stay no matter how long it's going to take. They'll you know wait it out, make sure they catch everything, and it was a good show overall. Obviously, it was our first live show, and... Check one off the list for uh, Old Steel and Shooter. Yeah, and check a big one off the list for me. That was like my number one thing was to mm -hmm. do a live show. Now it's to do a live show in person. Yeah. But I'll take this with an asterisk next to it yeah. because it was awesome. It was a fucking blast. And the whole thing went off pretty much without a hitch until we went to the after party with Chris Bassett. And we were Zooming with him, for those of you that weren't there. And the Zoom call kept echoing and the audio was horrible. <laughs> it took a good 20 minutes to sort it out and legit the commenters got me through it because i was about to have a panic attack and everybody was commenting we'll stay here all night we're here for you guys but it was so supportive that i was like oh we got this and we ended up having a terrific after show oh yeah we shot the shit with chris bassett for like 45 minutes yeah but that takes us to our communal thorn and boy I, this is a doozy this is a <laughs> Big one. And for those of you that have Twitter, make sure you dive into this and uh, follow along. But I don't really check Twitter that often. Twitter is your space. That's yeah. You handle the Twitter. And I check it probably once a week. Like, I always forget about it. And I actually brought this to your attention because I jumped on there. We had some notifications. I was like, oh, cool. I open it up and it's an entire thread. Like, comments on comments likes upon likes and someone like posted a meme and said it's come to my attention that straight men are watching bravo correct was it something like it, that? it was part of housewives twitter yeah 
And the litany of comments underneath say, get them out of here. Like, this is not for them. Like, go get them, girls. And, like, all this other shit. It's a whole string of just, like, shitting on straight dudes watching Bravo, watching reality TV in general, I think. It was, like, kind of a shot at all of it. It's honestly, this is what I thought Twitter was going to be. This is what I thought the response was going to be towards us on Twitter from the jump. And instead, we had a ton of support and like all these new followers so quickly, people pretty much just discussing the episode within our discussion. And it was awesome. And I'm like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Here it is. Oh, it dropped. Oh, my God. We had like people were ripping us and they didn't like have any knowledge on us specifically. No. You could tell that they didn't like really watch any of our videos. They were talking about how we're clearly like not knowledgeable. Maybe we like The Bachelor. Like we never talk about the fucking Bachelor on well, here. Well, I don't know if this is so I think that there is a like two sides of it. There's mm-hmm. definitely it's aimed at us for sure in yeah. a lot of the comments and stuff. But I also think it's just aimed at straight guys in general watching. That's what the Bachelor comment yeah, that's said what I think to me. Too, I was yeah. like, oh okay, so this is more generalized than just mm-hmm. us. But you can't rationalize when they tag you. And we got tagged. <laughs> yeah, we got tagged a couple times. The one that I like, so and you and I discussed this pretty early on when it said get them girls and it was it tagged us. I thought that was supportive towards I us. I did too. Oh, fuck. And I then I saw too. someone comment on I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, no, no, people they're, are coming after us. telling the girls to get us, like, go <laughs> after them. Uh, so, yeah, not awesome, but really funny. And I it's, also don't give a shit. It's so <laughs> no, funny. Like, it's just like, I want to see what it racks up. Like, how many comments is it going to get? Oh, I want. I'm going to poke the bear later tonight. I figured like, you quote, would quote tweet it with something funny. Well, Dev said she's like, "Are you going to say anything?" And I was like, "Ah, shooter's better at clapbacks on Twitter than I. Yeah. I'm going to leave this to him." Yeah, so, yeah. I'll, I'll quote tweet it later tonight and and probably go to bed, turn my phone off, <laughs> and then just see what happens in the morning because I know that people are going to be coming after us. But you know what? It's going to force people to go to our fucking page and listen to our takes. And then maybe we'll turn a few. If we turn like 50% of that crowd. 50? Yeah, I think we got a pretty good shot at 50. We're pretty good at what we do. But that takes us to the Bravo News. We um, had a couple of big things happen this week. I think probably the biggest one is we finally got a glimpse of Roan J. Little New Jersey trailer finally dropped. And we've been talking about Jersey. I mean, we touched on the end of the season when we started the podcast, but I, we didn't do it justice. We weren't talking about it enough because we caught up with it like halfway through. I think we took the reunion, is if I'm not reunion? mistaken. I oh, think we started it? like maybe part two of the reunion and we kind of caught up to that. Oh, okay. But, I mean, we watched the season like Jersey's one of those shows that I already watched because it was one of Colleen's favorites. So like I started watching it with her and I, that was the original, like these women are just yelling at each other. I hate this. Right. And then I sat down and I'm like, fuck you, Teresa. Don't say that shit. Or Marge <laughs> Jr. Get out of here. Things like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I do like this show, but I'm excited for Ron J. Yeah, I am too. And I think that, you know, kind of like you just said, it would probably be the most iconic of the shows whether you think it has the most iconic characters or not is irrelevant it's more so if you ask people like who is Teresa Judice or you show them a picture like who is this they would at least be like oh she's famous she's on tv mm-hmm. like I feel like it's the most recognizable of the franchises but I'm really excited for this season because of all the shit I mean we've heard so much happen in the off season right and we've seen like clips of the wedding. We've seen clips of Joe Gorga losing his mind. We've seen articles coming out that Teresa has been right all along and that Joe and Melissa did have it out for her and that she was using Teresa to get onto the show. Like all of this shit finally came to light 
and cameras were on, but we don't get to see the cameras. Yeah. So we just are hearing about all of this buildup, and you get to see little flashes here and there in the, in the trailer. And I'm probably the least excited for Teresa's wedding. Oh, I know. I, I hope they get it out of the way first. And I did read that the first episode, it's in February. So we know that now. Yeah. This is true. I know we have this issue all the time. Oh, we have a timeline for the whole season. I know. Great. It's awesome. That's stellar. So February 7th is the uh, premiere date. It's 75 minutes long. I just hope that it's all Teresa's wedding. Just knock it just out. Just get it out of the just way. Get, I agree. And get into the other shit because there's plenty to get into. It looks like we have two new full-time cast members and they're moving Jackie to friend of. Right. And then they're so. adding another friend of somewhere in the mix as well. So there's going to be plenty of women to kind of change the dynamic, if you will, because we were getting a little stale towards the end and we were kind of tired of the shit that was going on. Still entertaining, but they needed to bring in something else, and it looks like it's going to be really good. I'm pumped for it. Uh, here's probably why I'm the most excited. It's because I was getting so tired of the shit last year with Teresa and Louie and all of that nonsense that we had to sit through and watch. With all the shit that's gone on already that we've heard about, like this season's going to be entertaining. There's yeah. enough there to keep us captivated for an entire season mm -hmm. in multiple different ways. We're going to get involved with, I think, different storylines that are all captivating in their own right. And that's what makes a good housewife show. Not yeah. when it's leaning on one thing, but when you have multiple things to latch onto. And I think we're going to get that. So I'm stoked. And it should be all new stuff, too. It's not like they're digging up things from the past. Now, obviously, they could be digging up things from the past that we don't know about. And it, it looks like it's all new issues and it's things that we haven't seen before. And there's new people, new faces. That always helps. So I think it's really going to push it. And we're not going to be stuck like we have in other housewife franchises where we get stuck on the same thing, like you said, for like three, four, five episodes. And like, all right, enough. There is enough to go around. Now, obviously, it's probably going to be similar to Beverly Hills in the sense that it'll be like 25 episodes long. It's going to be a long one. We We're know it's it. going to be long, but if it's good and they spend you know three or four episodes on one issue and then flip to another one, It'll be captivating, and it'll be something that we look forward to watching every week, and that's what we're hoping for. I can't wait to watch, because I heard things come out um, that Teresa was not nice to the people that were working at her wedding, like the vendors and stuff. So I'm really excited to watch the wedding, only to watch the vendors. I'm going to literally watch the background to either see Teresa yelling at somebody or see them talking shit to each other about yeah. Teresa. Like, I'm going to be on guard. The other thing we got to touch on, and we became Below Deck fans way late in life. It took us, uh, if you go back, we have two bonus episodes where we started to do the Below Deck franchise, and we both did enjoy it. And we got to shout out our man, Captain Lee, had a little bit of a health scare. They don't know what happened. That's what the weird part is. So I guess yeah. like the left side of his body or something, he wasn't feeling anything. Mm -hmm. And he got himself off of the boat. And he's been around, like, he is a mainstay in Yeah, Bravo. he was in season one. And he's, you know, they call him like the boat daddy or whatever. Like he's, he's that guy. So I guess he returns to the boat. It seems like, I guess at some point during the season, he gets back on the boat and finishes the season. So yeah, he's, I mean, hopefully he's okay. I know he's, he was on watch what happens live, uh, two or three weeks ago in one of his signature shirts. That's just so crazy. It looks like, I don't know if you watched it. It's Tommy Bahama, leave. isn't it? I don't think so. It is. The designs on it are crazy. And they're very confusing. Is it Robert Graham? It might be Robert Graham. It might be. But it, it looks like, um, what were those uh, UFC shirts? Maybe Affliction. Affliction tees? Types. Yeah, but it's like a button-up version of that. And it's just like a crazy print. You don't think of anybody else before you think of Captain Lee when you see a print like that. He looked good. So, I mean, hopefully he's better. Hopefully he put everything behind him. But we wish him the best. Yeah. Get well, Captain Lee. 
And the last thing we need to touch on is relevant because it's about one of the ladies of Salt Lake. And they did a little raid on Jen Shaw's home and they confiscated a bunch of bags. They confiscated jewelry. And the shit was all fake. Yep. It was valued at like $2,000 or something ridiculous. All of the handbags were fake. There was a ton of fake jewelry. And it makes so much sense. Yeah. Is that, is that surprising in the slightest? No. Not, not even, even a little bit. Yeah. Not, not even a little bit. And the more that I watch the season, the more that I see things that make her seem more and more guilty. And this just ties into that perfectly because, like, what about this woman is real? What does she do or say or portray that is, in fact, Jen Shaw? Like, who is this fucking person? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. And from what I saw, she won't be at the reunion. And it, oddly enough, I kind of wanted her at the reunion because I wanted to see if Andy was going to ask those uncomfortable questions. Now, obviously, she's just going to be like, I can't talk about that lawyers involved whatever 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 it'll still be interesting because the rest of the women will be on the reunion so you know that the majority of the questions are going to be about jen regardless of how this season goes they're going to ask that first so i kind of wanted to see jen try to like flounder and defend herself and do what she does terribly because it would be great tv and it would be a lot of I'd, I'd get a lot of satisfaction out of watching that but she's not going to be there and i did see another thing that said her sentencing will be between 11 and 15 years. Now, obviously, she'll probably get out for good behavior after like three. Well, no, because but... so my grandfather is a federal judge, or oh. sorry, he is a judge in Texas. I guess because it's federal, the sentence, you have to serve like 80% mandatory of your sentence Ooh. or something. There's something, I'm probably fucking it up, and someone's going to tell us that we're not lawyers yeah, again. Yeah, of course. But. But that takes us to Winter House, and we're just going to touch on it briefly. We're going to sum up the season, just kind of wrap it up. Overall, uh, one out of ten. What, what do we give this? Three. A three? Yeah, pretty low. I give it a 4.6. That's not much better. I mean, I guess it is a little bit better, but it's just like, I don't know. After the first two episodes, I'm like, I don't need this show. Like, this show doesn't need to exist. It's just something for these people to do in between their two shows. That's really all I viewed it as. No, I, I got that too after probably episode five is when I well, caught on. Well, you were on. waiting for Tom and Tom. Yeah. and So in total, you probably had three episodes where it was like the first two and then you waited for Tom. And then once the Tom showed up. Yeah, I had a little bit of a buffer because I was excited to see those guys in the show. But why didn't they stay the whole time? Like they needed somebody else in that house that what those, I think what bugged me about it was the drama was so intertwined amongst everybody that it seemed like everybody was against everybody the whole yeah. time. Like there was never like a calm moment. There's always tension and I couldn't stand Jess. Like Jess ruined the season for me, honestly. And let's just start with there. Like we get, Jess and Corey are whatever the fuck they are. And Jess is head over heels for this man. Like she is on a FaceTime. She like taps her ring finger to somebody. And she's saying that they're dating, that they're like, she wants to be exclusive. They've known each other for two weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to keep saying the same thing over and over again. This show gave me like nothing. I, it's when, at least when the Toms showed up, you got to see what they were doing in between filming Vanderpump. Right. Like how Schwartz doing outside of his obviously after his divorce and like how's he feeling is he feeling any better and then what's going on with the restaurants like that's what i want to know before we lead into the new season of vanderpop what's going on in southern charm like how's everybody doing like what what are the relationships like like we get a little bit of that where it's austin and olivia but we already know that they're not dating now because this precedes their reunion so it's like all right that's kind of out the window i don't really care Paige and craig just kind of sucked the whole time they got a little bit better and then they sucked again so whatever 
And then Summer House, it's like, all right, like, what's going on? How's married life going for Kyle and Amanda? Like, good, like, great. I don't want to see this, like, petty bullshit because it's not really that interesting to me. And all, like you said, like, all of the conflicts were all, like, intertwined individually. And it's like, move on. I just, I'll watch you in your own show. But at this point, it's like, this is too long. It's- Do you think that the close proximity to Southern Charm and us knowing so much about what happens after Winter House played a big factor in us not enjoying it as much because all the question marks that are supposed to be there are not question marks. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I, I think it's more like how we get during a housewife show when a trip is going on too long. Like the Aspen trip in Beverly Hills where it's like, oh my God, how many episodes are they going to do in Aspen? Like enough. Which is, I understand like there's a staple that goes with housewife shows and trips. And the majority of the trips are enjoyable, but they don't make them like nine fucking episodes long. That's all this is. Like, it's fun to see them together. If it was like five, six episodes, I think I'd be able to get through it. But like nine episodes is way too much. And there's no way that the show did that well last year that they're like, we need three or four more episodes. Like, we absolutely have to order more. It's like, no, we don't need to see it. No, the one thing you can take solace in and come away with because it was bugging you so much, it does seem that Austin and Sierra are like done, done. She seems to have like put her foot down, like that's it, I'm done with you, I want to move on from this. Whatever this weird relationship or whatever the fuck you want to call it is, this is over now. We think, because he's with Olivia at this point. But he's not he's anymore. He's not anymore. So is he going to go back to Sierra? And I look, I like Sierra. I think that she brought a new element to Summer House that they needed, and they need to bring in some younger people, so it makes a lot of sense. I hated this thing because it was just stupid and nothing ever happened. So it's like enough. I hope that now that Austin and Olivia are done, that he's not going to go back to Sierra and like ruin that whole thing again. I just don't need to see. I I think really my takeaway from this is I don't need to see more of the people from Southern Charm than Southern Charm. Oh, that's a good takeaway. I don't think I need to see Craig come up like Craig was nice every once in a while, but now I've had too much of him. Okay. Austin, we've definitely had way too much. He's been in fucking Summer House, Winter House and Southern Charm. It's like too much. Can't do it anymore. Stay on your respective shows, and let's just move forward. And I'll still watch. I just don't want to watch this crap anymore. Yeah, see, if Sierra and Austin have a chance next oh year in God. Winter House, I want to watch it. I <laughs> certainly don't want to watch that. Watch I, we it. don't even know if Winter House is going to get a third season because they don't have a reunion, apparently. I forgot about that entirely. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody leaked that one person didn't want to do the reunion and then rallied people around him to also not want to do the reunion, so Andy just canceled the whole thing. It's got to be either Kyle or Austin. Those are the only two that I feel like would have influence Most people are them. saying it's Craig. I guess it could be Craig, but I don't know. I, I, you know what? Actually, maybe you're right. I could see it being Kyle or Craig because I could see Kyle not wanting to do another reunion because it seems like he hates them as it is. Craig... I don't know. I guess Austin just, I could see Austin just wanting to be in the picture longer. So him not wanting to do a reunion seems weird to me. And there's no chance in hell that it's like Jess or Corey or anybody that like the outskirt people because they're the outskirt people. That's what they are. Like they're not going to be in a, maybe Corey will pop up in like one of the other shows that pop up, like love without borders or something. We'll just see Corey pop up and be like, Hey Corey, what's going on, dude? I would actually like to see Corey in one of those kinds of shows. I think he'd be funny. I think he has a future to branch out to something else. I, he's going to be on Southern charm at some point. Of course I could see him going up to summer house, whatever, but he's really the only person that I'm like, yeah, I I could see more of him. Jess. Absolutely. The fuck not. No, thank you. Rachel's super nice. Oh, Rachel. I could see more. I think she's great. I just don't think that she wants to do it. Like watching her go through winter house. 
she looked so miserable half the time. And then anytime, like with the whole Jess bullshit where Jess like mocks her looks or whatever, yeah, however you want to say it. brutal. Like she's a trash person. Jess is. Get her off the screen. Never again. Rachel, I could just be like, I could just see her not wanting to do reality TV because anymore. Because she's because better than it? Not better than it, but she probably just didn't have a good time. No, I just... She looked tired after I think she's day. better than the petty bullshit because, yeah. like, she seems like a genuine person. I really enjoyed Rachel. I thought that she was the star of the season. So I, if she comes back in a different show or in a different atmosphere, mm-hmm. I think she could be a star. It's Senator Paris. Real Girlfriend of Paris. Ooh, I like that. I think, she'd, I think she'd fit in well with them. They all seem super nice towards each she other. She could they open up really... a flower shop in Paris. Like, what, what else? works. Let's get her on the horn. All right. <laughs> Let's rip out the old Rolodex. Yeah, and... Bron- Bronco's <laughs> producers once again. But that takes us directly into Soho. We're going to do the same thing, just a quick touch on it. I got to say, I'm rather enjoying this show, and we need you guys to watch more of it so we can talk about it more. That's so funny because I wanted to say the same thing. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, we are usually on the same page. I mean, we have differing opinions, but we usually like the same shows. Yeah. So it's definitely striking early Vanderpump for me, like without a doubt. And that became so apparent when they're on the RV and poor Joe has to sit there while Maddie's in the back banging Trevor. I was oh, like, wait Whoa. a minute. Hold on. I got to ask you something. What? Did you see where Trevor's from? I didn't want to bring it up. I'm bringing it up. I don't want to bring it up. Don't do that to our city. I know, but Trevor's from Phil. I thought he was okay in this episode. I don't really mind him that much anymore. Whoa, fuck He's, you. I, what, what did he do in this episode that pissed you off? He's just that guy. He just gives They're me that, that guy. guy. Joe sucks uh, too. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Whoa, I am not standing up for Joe either. Okay, all right. Okay. I think it's brutal that Joe had to sit there because he was too friend-zoned to speak up, and now the girl that he loves clearly is getting boinked like four feet behind him. Yeah, you can hear the bed squeaking. But that's, and that's also, I mean, obviously his feelings aside, that sucks for everybody else. Here's my, my main takeaway from that RV. They pull up. Now, Will obviously has the smart idea to just fucking drive. He's yeah, like, that's a no-brainer. It is cramped in here. We're driving. It's about three hours. Not a big deal. Whatever. Go ahead. They get in this RV. This RV is decorated. They spent time beforehand to make sure that it looks really nice. And yeah, we're going G. Lily did that. G. Lily, girl, did it. G. Lily. You said it again. Let's I go. like Jilly. 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 Jesus, I can't even say it. Jilly. <laughs> Jilly. G. Lily has brought a lot more to this show than I ever thought that she could have. Whoa! What a spin. She is. She's sometimes she's a pleasure to, pleasure to watch. Are you good speaking tonight? No, not really, no. <laughs> uh, I think I'm just amped up because last week we had to do like the whole live show thing. So like I had to think before talking the yeah, entire time. Yeah. And now I'm just like fucking word vomiting. Yeah, that's so right. Whatever. You know, here we are. But they decorated this whole damn RV. They were going down at like 10 o'clock, right? And they're driving down on a Sunday. So it's the last race day. Whatever. I guess they do NASCAR on Sundays. I've never been to a NASCAR event. but you I've haven't? Heard they're Dude, they're fucking awesome. I've heard they're, they're awesome. They're so much fun. They drive down. They leave at 10, 15 in the morning, right? Three-hour drive. Nobody's boozing on this fucking RV. All these people that, like, Will wakes up. Now, obviously, Will's not there, but Will wakes up, and he's like, I always tell myself I'm never drinking again, and then I just drink again. Like, they all, they're young, like, in their 20s. It's going to a tailgate. Like, you're going to tell me that if we were driving down, if we live three hours away, say we're going up to MetLife to watch the birds against the Giants, and we get on, on an RV at 9 a.m., we're drinking the whole way up. We arguably are not making it into the game. Yeah, easily. Like, and what's going to make things better 
than hearing a girl and her boyfriend and not boyfriend having sex in the back room, probably boozing and having a party up front. You won't hear it anymore. Oh, that's a good point. That's like, a good point. They're and- just sitting there like not talking, drinking water, fucking do something, put some music on, like have some fun. Like, what are you doing? You're going to an event where you're going to smash watermelons and drink the whole day. Why not start at 10 a.m.? I, I don't get it. You know, maybe some people are going to say, sure. You got to look in more, buddy. Maybe you have a problem. <laughs> maybe I do. But I know that I would be having fun on that RV on the way down because you know what? I'm not driving. It's responsible. As the resident sober person here. Yeah. I don't understand why they were boozing yeah, on the RV go. either. You got to. You're going to a NASCAR race. Like, yeah. You got to. You got to fuel the tank. You're in an NASCAR. You're going to a NASCAR race down south. You think that everybody's just like walking around being sober the whole time? Oh, Probably dude. not. At Daytona, you can wheel your little red wagon up. You put your cooler in it because you can take coolers into the stadium. Sick. And you wheel it. Everyone wheels it up on a red wagon. And then they bike lock their wagon to the fence on the outside. So if you go by during a race, the whole outside of the fence is covered in little red wagons. That's fun. Yeah, because everyone brings their coolers in because they get time. lit. It's a party. It's a party on the way down. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Mel. But the main takeaways from this, I mean, we saw the blow up last week with um, Mikkel at the lunch and, or I guess it was G Lily's birthday party yeah. or whatever the fuck it was. But we saw that blow up and we just kind of see the aftermath and it ends up with everyone kind of making up. Like Mikkel finally just goes and apologizes to people. He gets kind of checked by Lamar, which I thought was awesome. Like you yeah, can tell when, Lamar. when Lamar walks in, everyone's like, oh shit. Yeah. Like the principal just walked in yeah. <laughs> and he just always to say to Mikkel, let me holler at you for a minute. And Mikkel just like, oh shit, like I <laughs> fucked up. And to Lamar's credit, like he just tells him, like, keep your shit together. Like, mm-hmm. we're watching you. We told you you have no more chances left. We're hearing some things. Clean it up or you're gone. And now, I, I, I don't know if you got this feeling, but when Lamar said that and he said, I've been hearing some things, not good things, did you think he was going to bring up new shit? I did. Yeah. Like, I, again, I mean, once again, timeline skewed, but. It seems like we're like pretty far removed from him promoting at a different club and all that shit. And like he's been working his way up. He started as a bar back and now he's moved up to like bottle service and like he's pretty much back to where he was. And he worked really hard at it and everybody kind of forgave him. So yeah, Lamar coming in now seems a little too late. See, I think that Lamar was commenting on things outside of the club, referencing, I heard that you threw a drink at TJ. Like you're TJ absolutely snitched. I fucking, I don't like TJ at all. I warmed up to TJ towards the end of this episode. Mm. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Like, a little bit. I think it was fake, but yeah. <laughs> but the point is, Mikel goes to Joe. He talks to Joe. They kind of squash the beef there. They take a little Instagram picture together. Later on in the episode, Mikel says he wants to make up with TJ and mm-hmm. just get everybody kind of copacetic. Everyone gets along again. They just want the group to have fun. And I like that. I like when the group is able to have fun for a little while. Everyone can party without the drama. And then something blows up. But I need the in-between time. We talk about this all the time. Give me the fun stuff in between. Don't just give me drink tosses. Not 24-7. And the last thing I want to touch on, and you warmed up to G. Lily. G. Lily showed up on her birthday to work. And she did a great job. Like She can promote. I can see why Leva thinks that she's a good worker. She is. And and it was one of those times. And I'm... I never saw myself doing this, but I was rooting for her to do a good job. When she started talking about working on her birthday, I immediately said, oh, of course, this, this girl is going to have an issue with working on her fucking birthday. Like, get over it. It's a birthday. Everybody has one once a year. You can do whatever the hell you want. But she did a good job, and I gave her credit for that. I also gave Mikel credit because he got through the tough situation with Lamar. And he showed up. He got through the tough situation where he threw a drink at TJ, and he was saying that he wasn't going to show up to work, and he showed up to work. 
it would have been so bad if he didn't show up to work and Lamar showed up and said, where the fuck is Mikel? Oh, he would have been out. He would have been out. So good thing he did show up. Proud of him. Hope he does the same moving forward. But overall, like I, I am definitely enjoying the show. And I think like what you said, it gives you a little bit different, like kind of like Vanderpump is way different than the housewife shows. It's way different yep. than Southern charm even. And it's way different than summer house. Like you get to see the work environment and you get to see the party environment. And like, those are the two things that we like to see on the screen that like, maybe we wish that we got a little bit more of that in like housewife shows, but there's so much to deal with in housewife shows that, yeah, you don't need to see as much working, but it is nice to see this. I think for me, what it is with the housewife shows, it's just like so unattainable. Yeah. Like you're watching these mansions and like these crazy lavish lifestyles. With these shows like Southern Hospitality, Vanderpump, like you can relate to these kids more. Like you yeah. understand where they're going, where they've been, like what they're doing. Like we've all been in these situations. We've all worked in jobs similar to that. Like mm-hmm. the dynamics make more sense. And I think that's why I watch it because I can comment from a place of understanding. Whereas in the housewife shows, like I will never be in one of those situations yeah. as long as I live, no matter how much money I make. So I think that that's definitely the pull for me. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. We need you guys to enjoy it so we can keep talking about it because we think it's great. <laughs> yeah, please start watching it. But now we're on to Salt Lake, and this season is rapidly declining for me. I don't know about you. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, that's funny because I feel like it's getting better for me. Really? Yeah. Here's my issue. You can't tease the black eye over and over again, and then the episode is barely about it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's mostly Heather's doing because she just refused to talk about it. They're going to make it a two-parter now. I think they're going to make it like a four-parter. I, hopefully it's just The two. production makes I will, it I will seem like they don't say anything I because know. they keep asking her, what happened, what happened? If we don't get an answer to it, the whole season sucks because you can't have somebody in the group. I wouldn't be comfortable knowing that like one of our friends decked somebody in the middle of the night and if no one talks about happened. it. Now, if that's what happened. I, why don't we just jump into it? What do you think happened? I don't know. And there, there's barely enough information to like hypothesize, really. I think that, you know, if you look at the cast of characters, right? If we break this down from like a detective standpoint. Yeah, we're playing Clue. Yeah, if we're playing Clue, okay? And I'm not going to make any allegations in this. I'm not going to say that anybody punched anybody. I'm not going to claim it, all right? I'm just going to... Just map out why somebody could have and why she would not want to tell, okay? The first thing that came to mind was Whitney, just because they've been at each other's throats for a while now. But then I started to think, like, Whitney really doesn't seem the type, even in that situation, to throw a punch, to actually physically assault somebody. I also judged her the next day, how she interacted with Heather, like, when Heather took her glasses off, like, what was the reaction? It seemed, all of it seemed genuine to me. Yeah, and Whitney doesn't seem the type to be that good of an actor. Right, like correct. There's going to be a tell there. She's somewhere. not a good liar. So yeah. I was like, okay. And she also kept bringing it up, like, who fucking yeah. punched you? And like, she I need to know. Genuinely upset at the yeah. situation. I was like, okay, I don't think it's her. Yeah. All right. Then I started to think, who else it could be? Jen obviously comes to mind because Jen is explosive, and Heather's kind of her ride or die, and that actually works against her in this situation. If this is the way it goes, yeah. Here's why. If they were really, really drunk and shit got out of hand and Jen did hypothetically punch her. When they wake up, the fog clears and like they realize what happened and maybe the argument was so dumb and it just got escalated too much and somebody threw a punch and there was some scratching, clawing going on. If Heather brings this to light, 
and accuses Jen or says Jen did this before Jen's trial, it's going to fuck Jen over because they can use that and be like, look, she assaults her friends. Like, you don't think she's capable of doing other things? I'm not saying she did. But I do think that Heather would be like, I can't say anything because I want to protect her. All right. So a couple things to unpack there. Let me, I'll get my hypothesis. Once again, I didn't claim anybody hit anybody. I'm just saying those would be the reasoning. Disclaimer. Yes. Disclaimer. So my two options are I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns here. And I've been saying it for two weeks now. I really do think that she walked into that fucking twig plant right in front of the door. You think that's what happened? She had scratches on her arm. I think she got scratched up from the plant. And I think one of them went right into her eye. And she was really drunk and doesn't want people to know about that. But then Maybe. why? I, no, I, I know. This, but that's my fun. That's my fun little okay. throw out there. Like if that happens soothsayer shooters back out there because i've been out for a couple of weeks maybe a month oh or two you mean now. you mean shoot sayer yeah shoot sayers back if that happens that would be fucking awesome and also terrible because this lead up to her fighting a tree would be hilarious but also really bad i i think it was for playing clue i think it was the convict in the guest house with her fist <laughs> like it has to be like if you Think back, like, and wait, like, wait, did you team me up with Clue earlier because you had that? I waiting? thought about that after, <laughs> yeah, 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 I thought about that after because I was, I was trying to remember how to play Clue and I wanted to make sure that I gave you like the right game reference. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely the place. And then I was like, what, what kind of game is Clue? And I went through it, and I'm like, ah, oh, that works. So, bravo, I think, I, thank you. I think it was Jen because of the same reason that you already brought to light looking at other people's reactions. Meredith doesn't seem like she's capable of doing it, Lisa was fucking asleep, we know that. Angie came over, she kind of just like stood around. It was weird to see, and Bravo did a good job of setting it up last week where they mm-hmm. opened the door and you see blondes and you're like, oh, it's fucking Whitney. Right. It wasn't. It was Jen wearing the Marilyn Monroe wig. Fine. They all came back over at 4.50 in the morning to continue to party. Hilarious. And then they all left. So Bravo's definitely got footage if somebody else came back Well, in. they do. They have the paranormal activity camera. Mm-hmm. That's so, what we're calling that from now it on. It looks like that's the only camera in the guest house. So if somebody else came in, unless they came in through the window, which is unlikely, they came in through that front door. So Bravo would have the footage of doing that. If we don't see any footage, then Heather just did it on her own, walked into the tree, maybe. But I think it, it is Jen, and I think that Heather is sticking to her friendship much like she is still now today. She still stands by Jen. I don't think that she wants to bring it up because it would be bad for Jen. Now, her, her sentencing is coming up. Mm-hmm. Any, there's no like character witness or anything like that goes on with anything like that. I do actually know that. I'm not a lawyer, but sentencing is just, here are your crimes. Here's what you did. This Correct. is how long you go. So the whole character witness thing is out the window, so it doesn't really matter anymore, but it makes a lot of sense that Heather would be covering for Jen. It was a stupid fight, whatever. It escalated. She got some scratches and like got bumped. Maybe they were fucking wrestling. Other than that, it's just like we're getting no information. So unless we're brought something that's like clear, I don't really know where to go with it. And like, she could be protecting Whitney, but like, like again, like if she's protecting anybody, is there a clause in like housewife contracts where you get into a physical altercation with somebody else? Are you out right away? Cause like that uh, could be the case. I don't think so because no, cause Monique got into it with Candace on but, like Potomac. throwing fists. They made like, contact. Connected? Yeah. Okay. They made contact and right. she stayed for the end of the season, but she wasn't asked back. That's, but that could be where we're leading. And maybe she's like, you know what? It was a stupid fight with Jen, with Whitney, whatever. I don't want to see them go off the show. So I'm not going to like press charges in a Bravo way and have them off the show. 
it doesn't really make any sense for us to do that. I don't know. I, I think it's either Jen or she did something stupid drunk. Otherwise, unless we get footage, I feel like it's just going to be kind of stupid and it's going to flop. That's what's going to frustrate me. If we, don't, if we don't find out who it was, then it, it's just you got to share that with the audience. Like, we're along for the ride. That's a major event that happened. You clearly have camera footage. so It's going to be another Kathy Hilton situation where we just don't know what happened. But, and it's just but gonna be we know talking. for a fact that there's a camera in that room. Mm-hmm. So we can see who the last person in and out was. We so knew like, for a fact that there were cameras it. in Kyle's house in Aspen. And we didn't see any fucking tirades by Kathy. Yeah, that. Oh, careful with the word tirade. Do you I, mean rant? Oh, yeah, I mean rant. Do you I mean do rant? mean rant. I yeah. think you mean tirade. I mean tirade. Why the fuck are we arguing about semantics at dinner when the word means the same fucking thing? That was a great segue into our next topic. Into our anyway. <laughs> really, the only other, like the other thing that we really need to discuss here is that. Yeah, it is, and we get two scenes, and I love the when they do the side by side, and we get the bladers, the blade crew versus the vineyard crew now which which crew would you be on i was thinking i'd be on the uh, roller skate side actually really yeah i pegged you for vineyard guy no i saw the ice cream i love ice cream i okay. like ice cream way okay. more than going drinking somewhere oh see i love the good vineyard back yeah. in back in my heyday you want to you want to come up with the classiest way to get fucked up give me once again charcuterie and heather's over the charcuterie but give me charcuterie give me reds give me whites i don't even care if they're good that's yeah. the funny thing about a vineyard when I'm sitting there like drinking the wine because of the atmosphere. I'm like, this is exceptional. This wine is fantastic. I'm going to take two bottles. So I end up spending like a hundred dollars on two mediocre bottles of wine Always. that were, you know, the vineyards in middle of Maryland, like <laughs> prime grape territory. Yeah. And I'm like, this is exceptional. It's not, it's garbage, yeah. but they sold me. I, I'm, I was a big vineyard guy, so I'm going with the vineyard crew. Right, but I do yeah. love a good blade. I, I like the I like the old fashioned roller skates down a boardwalk next to the beach. It just seems like what you would do in San Diego. I guess yeah, you're near wine country, so it makes sense that you would do that. Both are good options. There's nothing wrong with either. But it was funny, like you said, the side by sides. We always love the side by sides because you kind of get you get way more of the story than you do when they're all together, and. You get to see Heather pretty much just deflecting people away from her eye to talk about other things. But how? That's what drives me crazy. It's like, guys, you have somebody in the house that cold cocked her, maybe. Like, but again, did look, you see? And Jen should have worn darker sunglasses because you could see her eyes during this scene. And they were moving and a lot. she didn't say a word. No. The entire time you had Meredith and uh, Angie just pelting Heather with like, what happens? Like, we have to know if somebody hit you in the face. Like. It looks like somebody just reared back and clocked you right in the face. And Heather's deflecting. Heather's deflecting. Jen's not saying a fucking word. And her eyes are darting everywhere. Wear darker sunglasses. It's hard to maintain your innocence, if you will, with clear sunglasses. Because we can see your eyes. And eyes tell everything. Eyes are the the window to the soul. Mm -hmm. That's what they say. They sure are. But let's get back on task here. Um, (laughs) It's brought to everybody's attention once again that Lisa had started a GoFundMe or like a crowdsourcing thing for $25,000. And it gets a little murky because Lisa says that she did that for a different, for a different sector of her company or like a new tequila that they're launching or something. It's, it was for her distributions. For, okay. So she uses a different company to distribute her product. So this isn't like the manufacturing side where all of the money is like manufacturing and sales are on the same side. This is just the distribution. Got it. So it's just one channel. It's a small channel. Like they even brought it up. All the numbers they were throwing out there were so inconsequential. They're like, but they bring this up and they start talking about like, oh, she didn't have 25,000 to pump into it. 
no, there's no risk in crowdfunding for $25,000 for a distribution company that's showing a net loss of $16,000. Like the payoff for that is nothing. And it probably happens like that. And the SEC filing is public so everybody can fucking see it. Also, you can pull Meredith, you can pull the SEC filing and the PO for Vita and see how much money they're making and how much money, what their net worth is. She doesn't want to go that far. She just wants to focus on the negative part, which isn't even that much of a negative. So yes, Lisa is still making a ton of money from that. And John Husbandboss. JB Husbandboss. JB Husbandboss. Fuck, I always fuck that up. Yeah. He is, yeah, his job is maintaining that fucking company. So, Which is a big job. I just don't, it, it's just, it is really like, and Lisa was so on point. I love Lisa. Lisa's honestly the best this season. She was so on point with what Meredith is doing. Absolutely. She went on her, Lisa went on her rant, her hot mic rant, and she called it out. And she's like, look, she's just getting me back from my hot mic moment. Was it good? No. Have I apologized? Yes. Do I still want to deal with it? No, I don't have to deal with it anymore because we already addressed it. She did. Boom. Done with. Meredith is still trying to like bring in some character flaws to make herself feel better. What I do like is we are getting two different groups here, which is something yeah. that we root for in pretty much like every housewife show. There's not just one person that's getting picked on. It's not like Lisa sitting across the table just getting destroyed by everybody. Even before it happened, Angie walks in to bring it in. And I think Angie's doing a good job and she's probably I don't like Angie. Spot. Really? I don't like Angie. Okay. I think she I do think she's going to secure a spot. I think yeah. she's doing enough. I think she's bringing enough to the table. I'm just not really a fan. I think she's feeling it out where like and we've seen it before with new housewives. They don't really know which way to go. They don't know how to bring up new information or, you know, talk about how someone else was talking about them. I think she's doing an okay job. And I do actually like that she came to Lisa beforehand because she's like, I don't like that people were talking about your I did your too. Back. I like that. I thought that was a good genuine moment. I like that. I will give her credit there. But I think my problem lies in like, it goes to the confessional. And she's trying way too hard. She makes that dumb seagull reference where she's like, "We're she, birds of a feather flock together, but they're not birds. They're seagulls because seagulls shit on people. I was like, how long did it take you to write that out, practice that, and still fuck it up? Like, I do love that. Like, and, and this is one of those things that, like, I don't know if you watched it with Dev, but, like, when you watch it with your wife, like, she notices some other things that maybe you didn't notice. It's, like, nice to have, like, another set of eyeballs oh, for on sure. something. And Colleen's like, oh, that was kind of a roundabout way to get there, but all right. And I'm yeah. like, that's a good point. That was really fucking long. I focus on the seagull part, and I'm like, that actually makes some sense. And you're like, yeah, but it took like 45 seconds to get there. It's like, that's not a good saying. Nobody's oh, no. ever going to repeat that. I prefer to watch with Dev because, like you just said, it gives yeah. me a different perspective. Because she yeah. says, and she'll bring up some really, really good points. And I'm like, oh, good call. And it kind of like makes me rethink situations. So I prefer to have my watching buddy. Oh, yeah. Um. You touched on it a little bit already. Meredith looks like shit. She's coming out losing here, and she's the one that keeps bringing it up. And Lisa is having the season of her life. She's having one of the best housewife seasons I think I've seen just as far as where she's come from mm -hmm. to where she's going. Like, she went from being Meredith's lackey to being this, like, standalone star where she's talking shit to Meredith. She's not yeah. taking any shit from her. She's found this weird, great alliance with Whitney and Whitney is now making more sense. Yep. Like she's coming to arguments much better prepared. And I think it's because Whitney was talking about how Meredith would kind of like point her in a direction, and like let her go. And she says that to Lisa. She's like, you know, no, she didn't say those things, but she alludes to it and she gets you to do it. Like mm -hmm. she's charging her with like manipulation and you kind of see it happen. You see the way that she talks to people, the way that she twists her words, the way that she 
makes you feel crazy. She's gaslighting Lisa relentlessly. Like she sits there and everything she says, she spins it. We get a clip from way before when she did call her crazy. She's like, you need mental help because you're Mm -hmm. not mentally well. She didn't say it that flat out. Yeah, she didn't say mental illness specifically, but she was implying it. Yeah, and she was like, I don't know what the problem is, but like, I'm not equipped to handle it. She's saying like, yeah, you have issues. You need to go get your shit fixed. Then Lisa brings it up. She's like, I never said that. I never said that. She focuses on, this is what people do all the time when they're like deflecting and trying to get away from things that they already said. They hone in on the specifics of the word. Right. They're like, I didn't say that verbatim. It's like, no, you didn't. But you led me to the water that that was. And that's what makes people feel crazy. That's what gaslighting is. It's yep. like twisting it around to make the other person feel like they're losing their mind. But the good thing is Lisa's so far removed. She's like, shut up. Like, knock it off. I know what you're doing. It's not fucking working anymore. And that gets like clearly highlighted when they're sitting there arguing back and forth, whether it was a rant or a tirade. Why do you need to have the last word that it was a tirade? And what differentiates the two? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they're sitting there arguing over semantics. It's nonsense. And Lisa's coming out the victor here. And Meredith looks like shit. Yeah. But once again, it just derails from the fact that Heather's got a fucking shiner two people over. And I think, and Heather specifically, I feel like she's having like a conflict of personalities because you see her in her confessional. And this is like, Lisa sits down, Jen's immediately asking her, like trying to like drum it up, like drum up the drama. Let's go. What's going on? Why are you in such a mood? Blah, blah, blah. And you get Heather in her confessional says, oh yeah, Lisa Barlow is about to have a complete meltdown. This is going to be so much fun. Like she's going to go at somebody. And I'm just going to sit back and watch. I'm always here for a Lisa Barlow rant. Or... I don't, yeah, tirade. Tirade. But, but she sat there and said that in her confessional. And then the entire time that Lisa was talking, she kept trying to bring her down or direct her somewhere else. Yes. So you didn't just sit there and enjoy it. You involved yourself and defended Meredith instead of just sitting and enjoying it, like you said in your confessional. So I feel like she's like, she's stuck. And we're kind of seeing this all the time where she's, like pledging allegiance to one friend and then talking behind their back over here. Like she is all over the place. And I feel like she doesn't even know what's going on with her own personal relationships. It's, it's weird. And it's, it's really confusing to watch at times. It's extremely confusing. And she's having a terrible season. I'm really yeah. not a fan of Heather's, which sucks because she was awesome the last two seasons. She and still has her moments where she says she like does. really funny shit. And look, I think she's clearly going through it. Like, she's clearly got a lot of shit going on, and I want her to get better and, like, mm-hmm. be all right. Maybe she will without Jen. Let's, let's hope for that. I, I, would, I would think so. That can't be a good presence in her life, like, constantly defending someone that has pled guilty. That like, probably punched you in the face. And probably, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe we don't know. Did. I don't know. We don't know. But that takes us back to Potomac, back with the ladies of the Mid-Atlantic, and we're almost to the end. I think we got like four or five episodes left. So I don't think that's true, but all right. You think there's more than that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were like halfway through at least. I think we are halfway through. Oh, we're at the halfway mark? Yeah. You were wrong about this last time. Always wrong about I'm this. standing, I'm sticking to my laurels. All right, four or five episodes left? Four now. or five episodes left. That's my call. I didn't see anything about a reunion yet, so... That's a good... Uh, they... Maybe three episodes left? They'll do that? I think they need more. All right, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. And we start out where Giselle's newly renovated home, and Karen goes over there to drop off some gifts for Angel and Adore, and she drops off some Gucci shit, which I thought was really nice. Hell yeah. 
And I did like that, you know, Giselle comments on the fact that, yeah, me and Karen, we go at it every once in a while where we don't always get along, but this is why Karen is such a good person. It's like, that's irrelevant when it comes to the kids, right? Yeah. Like she's still going to show up for them. Her and Giselle at the core of it are always going to be okay in some way, shape or form. So I did appreciate that little moment. And this kind of sets up one of the main issues of the show, of this episode. Karen is commenting on like Jacqueline and Mia and how she doesn't love that Jacqueline's like Mia's mouthpiece and she's kind of over that. And then we kind of dive into like the sketchy shit that we all want to know what the fuck's going on mm -hmm. behind closed doors. And that's when the Porsche is brought up. And if you remember last episode, they were talking about the Porsche. Mia makes a comment like, well, if my girl's not riding in a Porsche, like I'm not being a good friend, implying that she bought her the Porsche. I would assume so, yes. Right? So now we get into this whole conversation of, okay, what's the relationship between Mia and Jacqueline? And furthermore, what's the relationship between Mia, Jacqueline, and Daddy G? Mm -hmm. Is there something more going on there? And we'll just dive into all that shit now so we don't like stretch it out too yeah. far. Later on in the episode, after Reasonably Shady, they're sitting there discussing this with Jacqueline, which I appreciate. And that's the one thing I will give Giselle credit for because, you know, I'm not the biggest Giselle fan, even though you are. Well, I will say that, like, and I'm not defending Giselle here as a Giselle fan, but when Karen does these things, and, and Karen seems to be friends with pretty much everybody. Yeah, she's cool with and most she, of them. No matter what happens, like we saw it last week, like Candace obviously told Ashley that Karen was seen with another man going to restaurants and whatever. And that seems like something that like anyone else would be pissed at that other person for an extended period of time. Karen's cool as long as you come over and say it. And everybody knows, go over, apologize, say that you, know, you didn't mean it or you misspoke or whatever, and Karen will forgive you. And Karen even says in her confessionals, I'm a good friend. You know, I like these people. I'm not going to lose friends. I'm not in the business of losing friends. I'm in the business of making sure that I'm good with my friends. And like, I appreciate that because it is like pretty genuine and it's nice to see. But what Karen does is when she wants to know something, when she, something's bugging her and there's some gossip out there, she's not going to be the person to sit down with the other person and say, look, I heard this about you. Why don't you elaborate? She goes to Giselle and starts talking to Giselle. And then she knows that Giselle's going to go over to Jacqueline slash Mia. Karen's really good about keeping her nose clean. Like yeah. she knows how to say things the right way so that she's not implicated later. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if shit goes down, she's worded it correctly so that she's not in the line of fire. Yep. And that's what she's doing here. She's getting the tea from other people and forcing them to go and ask because she knows if she gets Giselle, the wheels are starting to turn. Giselle is going to ask because yep. she can't not ask. And so Giselle brings it up to Jacqueline. She's like, so what's going on? Like, how did you get that Porsche? Like, I know that Mia likes to watch. Were you tapped in for her to watch you and Daddy G? Anybody else? Anybody else in this situation that did not hook up with that woman's husband would say, hell no. Yep. I didn't bang him. Are you crazy? That's my friend's husband. She says, you're going to have to ask me about that what the fuck? Well, that's, and I love Giselle's confessional during that because she goes, if somebody walked up to me and said, are you having sex with Robin Dixon's man? I'd be like, hell no, I'm not having sex with no Juan. No, that, like, was, that was really funny. But like that, you're right. That is the, most people would react in that way. Most people would immediately deny it. And Jacqueline goes, you'll have to ask me about that. Furthering what continues to fucking happen there's not a straight answer going on 
anywhere. But when there's not a straight answer, you know what the answer is. No. Do you you know what Mia's response was about the Porsche? It's in her her name's on the title. title, But I loved the quick cut to Robin. It was like, yeah, when Juan was in the NBA, he bought a lot of people cars Mm -hmm. and all of their names were on the titles too. So I love her pulling that in. And so it gives some perspective. Like that doesn't mean shit. No. Just because their name's on it. Other people can buy you a car. And they keep digging, and that's when we get some even weirder info, because Peter gets brought into the mix. Yeah, and this is during the conversation that Karen had with Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm putting it all together. We're lumping lumping everything together. I'm just keeping it on track. No, I I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you. That's why we need flowcharts, but... (laughs) (laughs) He's my hype man now. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) No, but he brings up Peter, and is Peter involved in this? And Mia's like, no, not Peter, but Peter's girlfriend was Mm -hmm. part of our trio. And that's what Daddy Wendy G. was talking about in right. Miami. Yes, we get the answer yep. to the men and women thing. I love getting answers to Me things. too. It's, it's so fucking satisfying. It, I think it's more satisfying because we had to put up with Beverly Hills for so long and we ended with no answers. Yep. And now, once again, we're on a fucking teaser with Salt Lake and they're not yeah. telling us what's going on. So to hear just some concrete, oh, that's where she got it from, yep. was... So satisfying. That's why your weird relationship with Peter makes sense. Okay, good. Yeah. Now we at least have an answer to that so we can move on. But it raises so many more questions because yeah. what was the dynamic? Who was in that bedroom? Who's banging who? Is Peter there? Did Peter really just get the quote unquote from Mia the leftovers because they gave the girlfriend that they were with, like that was their girl is what they said, which I is also imagine, a weird way to phrase it. I can't imagine that Peter is the type of guy that's super happy about having that shit aired out. There's on no way TV. that he's going to be thrilled that that shit's out there. Yeah, he doesn't strike no me. He seems like very straightforward, like business dude. Like he cares yeah. about his business and like that seems to be it. Yep. So yeah, I would love to know what his reaction was to seeing that shit on Sunday. Probably not good. But I just want to know, dude. I want to know what, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see what's going on by that door, but I want to know what's going on behind that door. Who's with who? How many were there? Who was with who is the biggest one I can't get? (laughs) I know. You keep coming back to it. But no, you you are right. And and like I just said, like it is always so nice when we get answers. And like we do essentially get answers, but it is so tough to watch when like me is just smirking and giving answers that mean absolutely nothing. Like just confirm or deny, like enough of this bullshit. Instead. She drags Daddy G, saying oh, he's he, got no money. He has no money. No, what the? You can't do that to nope. your. You can't do that to your man. No I way. I like don't believe that. I don't either. Like I, you see, I'm Mia, not saying. Hold on, I'm not saying she's not the breadwinner in that family. I don't yeah. know their financial situation, but I, he doesn't strike me as someone that has just no funds. Well, this is what we'll have to do. We'll have to get Meredith online. And we'll have her dig up some SEC filings, and we'll find out what's really going on. I, I have talked to Lisa Barlow. I'll ask her. I'm sure we will see way more crowdfunding for the joint than we did for a distribution company. Well, we a, got that insight we that. Yeah, last week when yeah. they had the opening, and she's like, I can't open these without help, pretty much, is more or less what she said, and framed it in a bizarre way. Mm-hmm. But As always. Yeah, yes. Like, you never get a straight answer out of her. She's always just kind of leading you around, and then goes to her confessional, and she seems so matter-of-fact that she's in the right, but, like, what do you write about? Why don't we just get into the Reasonably Shady show? Yeah, let's get into Reasonably Shady. And what did you think overall? I've got, like, different opinions from different sides here. So, like, leading into it, they said they were, what, like, 10 grand in the hole just for the venue and the marketing. They don't have a sponsor. 
I didn't really care for, and I, I know that like poetic justice is going to play out. I didn't care for Karen taking her subtle digs. At I didn't her shell. Like, I didn't either. You could see how stressed out and like Giselle doesn't really show like Robin shows her stress. Giselle doesn't really like she's Giselle calm, cool, seems like she's on top of it, but I'm sure she's stressing out in her own way. It's their first live show. We went through a live show last week. It's fucking stressful. It's extremely stressful. And we weren't even in front of people. No. We were in front of our computer. And or... you don't need one of your good friends sitting in the audience taking notes of what not to do. I know. Now, that being said, did I think the show was great and it made a lot of sense? No, I, we kind of knew what it was going to be. They were going to do Q&A. That was going to be the main thing, even though we only got one question. One Q. Uncomfortable question. But the rest of it was just kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll do Reasonably Shady. I guess they do a segment on their podcast. Whatever. Let's do it live. That sounds fun. We'll get Juan up here. We'll ask him a couple of questions. And then the dancing in the, the middle The dancing's what no crushed me. Sense. The dancing's like, the only thing that I was did like. Did you see that list? It was a long list. It was a long fucking it's list. Really How long, long list. did that go on for? But we don't know what the, the setup was. Like maybe they like had like a spinner and if it landed on like B, you did the B dance. Like I don't know. But the thing with that, like and how I tried to gauge it, I, I watched it from a very respectable standpoint in understanding what we went through last week and the month leading up to that show and like how much goes into it, how stressful it actually is. I'm kind of grateful that this episode aired when it did because yeah. I definitely have a different perspective looking at it. I think the biggest takeaway from me, having not really listened to their podcast, the audience seemed to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. They seemed to be into it. Like the people that they are catering to is their listeners, correct? And their listeners seem to enjoy the show. So I'm not here to say whether it was a success or not. Financially speaking, it seems to be because it was like a $14,000 profit. Yeah, and, and we'll take them at face value for that one. Right. I don't know if it was that much. I do know the tickets were 150 bucks. For the VIPs, yeah. Oh, it was just yeah. the VIPs? And they probably get... That, that's where I was like, all right, this math ain't mathin'. But I think that they had fun doing it, and you know that's all you can really take away. And it looks like next week's Karen show is nothing like what Giselle and Robin just did in the worst way. Yeah, well, I think that because you have a format, right? Like a mm -hmm. podcast live... You follow the general run of what your episode would be with yep. some fun things mixed in that you can't normally do when you pre-record, right? Like, that's all it is. So it's easier to shape a show around that versus trying to share an experience of a person mm -hmm. is a very difficult thing to do if they are not a nationally or internationally recognized brand as a human being, yeah. right? Like, there's certain people that they are a brand. Like, if Tom Brady had a one-man show, that bitch would be sold out every single night, yeah, it's whether like it's talk. good or not, yeah. you know? Right, exactly. It's like a TED Talk. So I think it's really difficult to, to have that be your setup, especially when we see the preamble and they're like, yeah, you're going to be in this costume, then you're going to be in that costume, then you're going to be in this dress, you're going to be in that dress, then we're going to bring drag queens on, then we're going to bring singers on. It's like, okay, but what are they doing? Mm -hmm. What are we doing for an hour and a half? Because I don't want to sit there and watch somebody do what they think is funny with no format. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. So it was even tougher to watch when she's taking her notes up in the stands. Because what are you about to do? And also, you have never done this before. So for you to sit there and speak from like, this is coming from a big time Karen Stan. Mm -hmm. I love Karen. You know that. Yep. But to speak from a place that you could do better or are better or have done better in the past doesn't make a lot of sense when you're about to go through the same thing. You should show more grace and understand that one, they're super stressed. Two, they're doing their best. Three, it seems to have gone pretty well. 
Like, shit's going to go wrong. The drunk dude announcing the name wrong is fucking funny. That's yeah, a I great mean, way was, to start a show. And he was a comedian, too. Right. So, you know what? Maybe it was a little bit of a bit. Who knows? You never know. And, like, that's the thing. Is that a bad way to start a show? No. You know why? You're going to remember it. It breaks the ice and it's fun. Right. Everybody so, started laughing when they were having a good time. I mean, all in all, it seemed fine. I, like I said, the, my biggest takeaway from it wasn't even the show. It was just Karen negging it the whole time, talking about how there were empty seats. Like, there's 400 seats in there. It's a podcast. Like, comedians could probably fill it out. Like, obviously, musical artists can fill it out. It's tough in one city. Like, how many people in one city listen to your podcast? It's probably more like housewife fans than it is podcast that's fans. what i was also curious about how many people were there because it was giselle and robin and how many people were there because they listened to the podcast i i don't know i'm not going to do the percentages but i imagine if i wouldn't if i lived in dc and i was like oh yeah they're doing a show i'd buy a ticket just to go because i know that like karen obviously not candace but like karen mia whoever else is going to be sitting behind like talking shit and there's going to be cameras and stuff everywhere so yeah i want to show my face on a camera by the way do you know what we get to do in february oh yeah we get to go see karen huger live for the yep. grand experience in yep. philly that'll be so much i think fun. it's at like the parks casino or something no fucking way yeah but the only other thing i wanted to bring up is um well a couple things so we got to give a shout out to candace and her video with Trina, because regardless of how you feel about Candace, like to go from, I thought it was really funny the editing to show her first music video and like in a parking lot yeah. with like cameras out there and like her friends like around her and whatever. Flash forward to this one and it's like a set and you got Trina and you got like a badass car and you yeah. got like big ass cameras and like the lighting and like it was just really official. And the song, I don't care what you say, the song's a bop. I was grooving on the couch. I was hitting the wave a little bit, like a little back oh, and man. forth. You know what I mean? <laughs> What's your problem? Nothing. I'm I a tremendous dancer. What do you mean? <laughs> also, I'll post a TikTok of me dancing to Insecure. Oh, God, tag Ashley. Am I making you insecure? You're <laughs> borderline Ashley Darby at this point with the TikTok. <laughs> Fuck you. I do the TikTok for Harlem us. Harlem Shake to it? I've got a whole list of dances that the you Harlem can do to Harlem Shake? It. Can you that not? was on the list. Don't. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, it makes me feel bad. I thought you were dating us by saying Harlem Shake. No, that was on the list. That, that was dating them. We should make a Harlem Shake video. Let's bring that back. Uh, I think people have tried, actually. They're trying to resurrect the Harlem people Shake? People have tried. It's just not working. Oh. Because I think the Harlem Shake predates Twitter. You know why it hasn't worked? Because we haven't done it? Because we haven't done oh, it yet. So Coming soon. Brav Bros, Harlem Shake. That should be, actually, that would be a fun, we should, we'll bet on something. And the wager will be, one of us has to do whatever TikTok dance that Ashley Darby does that week. Oh, I like this a lot. Yeah. Let's start doing that. that okay. fun. All right, let's do it right now. What's no, the bet? Right now. I, oh, we have to enough. think of a, a bet organically. Can you think of something off the top of your head? We can't bet on the birds game because obviously, you know. No, no, no. It's got to be something like Bravo related. Oh, okay. Like we already had the full discussion, so we already know where we stand on like who gave Heather a black eye. We might not find that out, but maybe you know, jerseys around the corner or whatever happens, we'll we'll go from there. Okay, but I think we need to make this like a a biweekly thing. Yeah, we'll we try need. To find yeah, something. we need yeah. to so that we're forcing each other to do TikTok dances because I really want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to spend more time like learning the dance than actually doing it, of course. But Oh, yeah. Well, it's all my sister does them and she's really good. I'll just have her do it with me and she'll show me the ropes. Sydney's I don't think like, I want anybody else in the room while we do it. Obviously, we're going to be on the internet, but really, yeah. Your, your problem is with people seeing I'll the room. I'll dance for you, bud. I'm not have... going to dance for anybody else. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> 
And a little creepy. <laughs> and really creepy. Holy shit. I was about to announce it's time for questions, and you're not going to believe the first question. Are you okay. ready for this? From DMG1965, do you think Heather fell on those branches in her room for sure that could poke her eye out? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. I've been saying it for weeks. DMG from the top rope. Well done. Hell yeah. From Heavenly Sovereign, do you think Roslick is done? Is Salt Lake done? I think that if they can salvage this season, which they can do if they bring to light the Heather shit, if they can make it through this season and Angie Kay is able to really step up and like take a prominent role and show that she's ready to at least fill half the shoes that Jen has, it has a chance. I think it's coming back regardless, at least for one more season. I'd be shocked if they whack it after this one because they're pretty much saying that Jen Shaw is the show. And then you have to say that a felon was the reason that we were good. Is there any chance they bring back Mary Cosby? God, I hope so. I really fucking I hope so. I think she so. could fill the role pretty good. But, dude, I, there's no telling where she is or what she's doing. Like, you that need to so go back better. and watch the first two seasons I watched just a, for yeah, her. Yeah, I watched a little bit just for her. It's insane. Just it, if, like, I feel like you could plug her in. She already knows her way around everything. And, like you said, who the fuck knows where she is? That makes it so much better. I, I, there you go. Yeah. That's the answer to the question. If you want to save Salt Lake, you bring back Mary Cosby. New Blood or Mary Cosby. Yep. Or both. Or b- both. From Lazy Zebra 23, I feel duped. All of a sudden, Heather's a gaslighting villain. She knows this is filmed, right? We feel the same way. Yeah. The same exact way. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, it's such a 180 from last year and the season prior where Heather was kind of like our saving grace. She was always funny. She was the light that we needed. And now she is. She's turning into Jen, honestly. Yeah. And I, I think you just touched on it. I think that for this show to continue, with Jen out of the picture, maybe we get a little bit more of the original Heather because it seems like she's just like stuck in the toxic sludge that is Jen Shaw. That's, I, I, it seems that Jen has dragged her down, or maybe yeah. she's so, maybe she's showing her true colors. I don't really know because I've always liked Heather. And yeah, it, it is tough to watch her in this light. From Mikey Vomit. Nice, nice screen name. Yeah. <laughs> screen name. Screen name. Nice, nice AIM screen name. Really dating yourself now. Fuck you. From Mikey Vomit. <laughs> really like the wall art in the room you're interviewing Sutton in. Is that an Alex Katz print? No, it's not an Alex Katz print. And thank you for noticing my artwork. It is actually a David Hockney print. It's multiple David Hockney prints. My wife has a very good eye. And so do you, Mikey Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one for tonight from Ash Lennon. Oh, that probably sounded really bad in the mic. Yeah. Sorry about that. From Ash Lennon. Why do they care about Lisa's business more than Jen's criminal business? I think they're afraid to attack Jen at this, at this juncture. Maybe I they agree. do later, I hope. But, and, and they're going to have free reign at the reunion because Jen won't be there. It, yeah, I think they're just afraid to attack Jen, honestly. I think that it's because you don't know what you're getting when you go after Jen. Not from a, wow, she's scary when she says things standpoint, but a, wow, who the fuck am I going up against? Is she going to push me on the boat? Is she going to throw my shit in the water? Yeah. Like, it's too erratic to really like have a constructive, hey, I'm upset because of this. We need to hash some shit out. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get there. I think she's going to like flip out and turn it on you and scream and leave the room or throw your shit off the boat. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm ready to roll. Well, once again, thank you to everybody that came out to support the live show last week. Um, Hopefully we can do a lot more of those in the future. Hopefully we can get one in person. That's what I'm gunning for next. Um, 
But just to reiterate, we are now proud members of Cloud 10 Media and iHeartRadio. We are thrilled. We're really excited to be able to bring you guys as much content as we possibly can. But that's all we got. We will see you next week. We're back to our regularly scheduled once a week, John. So don't you worry. You will have a lot of Brav Bros up in your ears. Oh, yeah. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays, everybody. From the bros to you. Okay, bye.